I've heard so many people say like, I don't understand. I'm struggling to sell a $1,500 package. How I'm going to sell a 30,000. Well, part of it is, are you marketing to the right people? Well, let's say you are marketing to the right people. You say, yes, I'm marketing to the right people. They have the money, you know, I'm marketing and they're always off on a expensive vacation. They stay at the four seasons. They have a Chanel bag, but they're not buying. Well, then you have a positioning issue meaning they don't okay. see you as an expert. They, you know, they might be liking your posts, like rock on, you go girl, love what you're doing, but they're not actually pulling the trigger to buy from you. So if you don't have the right positioning, if you're not seen and viewed as like, that's my teacher, that's my mentor, that's my coach, that's who I want to hire, then they're not going to part ways with a ridiculous sum of money. But if they can mm. view you in that light, and you can speak right into the heart of what their biggest struggle is in life, whatever that may be from a health, fitness, self-love, you know, business relationship perspective, then they will happily hand over their credit card and pay you a lot of money to solve their problem. This is the True To You podcast, your very own work bestie. Each week, we come together for honest conversations about reinventing yourself and your career, all while navigating a path towards meaningful work. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Hey there, friend, and welcome to today's episode of the True To You podcast. I'm really glad to be here with you because my guest today, I'm so excited. You can hear me. I'm so excited to introduce her. We had an amazing interview. She is quite the powerhouse of a woman. I also have my third chai of the morning over here because we had an early start to record this interview. So if I sound a little excited, just a little excited today. It's because I'm probably being fueled by a lovely spicy prana chai. That's my favorite, favorite brand. And I think when I told my husband how much it costs for a kilogram of chai, he almost spit his coffee out. But you know, we'll keep that between you and me, shall we? So... Alrighty, today's guest is Jessica Yarborough. She is a business strategist and growth expert who has built her business from the ground up while single-handedly raising a beautiful, beautiful daughter and talk about the master of juggling all the things. Jessica ditched her previous career helping to build other people's businesses to have what she calls her very own eat, pray, love moment, traveling throughout Southeast Asia, becoming a yoga teacher, moving on to Central America, and then returning home with the calling to start her own thing. Her clients are entrepreneurs. They're from wide-ranging fields, which is very, very interesting, People like interior designers, dating coaches, nurses, and they come to her because they're ready to ditch the hustle and the overwhelm and build a business that creates scalable, sustainable, and wildly profitable results. As you'll hear from our conversation, Jessica is spirited. We dive a little bit into the woo, which she really loved having a yoga background. That was pretty cool. 
She's determined and she's extremely clever and capable. She's clear on her mission. And I know that whether you've been in business for a while or you are simply starting out and using this podcast to gain some insights on how other people have done business, Jessica's advice is so intentional and results focused that you will walk away with something new that you can implement and begin to get results because, you know, I'm a girl that loves to take action. Okay, without further ado, I welcome to the show, Jessica Yarbrough. Welcome, Jessica, to the Trudy podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's um, it's exciting to be chatting to you today, actually, because there's a lot that we have in common in terms of things that we love to coach our clients on. And you're very much a specialist in certain areas, which is really exciting. We're going to chat about one of my favorite topics, zone of genius as well, and sales and all of that jazz. So you're in for a real treat today with Jessica. Now, you have a really interesting story as well in terms of your career journey, because I know that you haven't been doing this work as a coach for six and seven six and seven bigger business owners for your whole career. This is something fairly recent or in the last few years that you've uh, landed in. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I kind of had this whirlwind of a journey uh, in this thing called life and landed, you know, in the coaching space and then really helping people scale up their coaching businesses in the last, uh, say, four years, four or five years. Amazing. Amazing. Do you want to dive in and tell us a little bit about this uh, unusual road that you've taken, some of your previous uh, things that you've done? I know that you spent some time in Costa Rica teaching yoga or studying yoga so yeah that's I mean that's definitely right up my alley I love I love my yoga so talk to us a little bit about your journey and what that's entailed and yeah absolutely you know when I was younger I managed a lot of companies I started managing you know uh, companies at a really young age kind of had some people take a chance on me and say hey I see you're bright and ambitious and I want to hire you in my company so that was really awesome Um, and I ended up consulting at a very young age and then also building a startup company here in San Diego which we built from the ground up like literally we didn't have computers we just had some desk and an office when we first started and we we built it to an international company um, and I was quite young when this happened I mean I was in my early 20s and I got burned out pretty quick and you know it's interesting looking back because I'm looking at you know the level of work that I put out compared to building my business and it in in hindsight I don't think I was really burned out from the sheer amount of hours or anything like that. I think the burnout really came from not being aligned with like what I was supposed to be doing. And I'm sure anybody can relate to that. That's in a corporate environment or they're sitting under fluorescent lights or they're sitting in traffic or they're sitting in meetings all day. And it just doesn't feel like what your soul wants. And so that I think pushed me to really have a lot of anxiety to feel like this isn't for me and I have to get out, even though I love the company. Um, And ultimately, I ended up walking away from that company, giving up my shares and buying a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia, where I had my own eat, pray, love journey. I think I just was reading the book right when that came out. And I spent about four years, you know, traveling, living in Asia, living in Central America, becoming a yoga teacher, thinking, bye-bye business world, I'm done, 
we're, we're, I'm breaking up. I'm all about the yoga and spiritual journey um, and was very fulfilled in a lot of ways. And then I returned to San Diego and ended up pregnant with my daughter. She is now going to be six years old. And I had a kind of come to Jesus moment where it was like, crap. Okay. So this has been really fun experiment, (laughs) experiment, traveling. I've seen the world. I have endless stories to tell my grandchildren and a really cool, epic life journey. Uh, But I got a baby coming and I need to make money and I don't want to do it teaching yoga. Um, I don't want to have a gypsy travel life with my child either. And I also was like, I am not going to go back and get a job because I already know that's not going to fulfill me. Like I'm so used to doing things on my terms. Right. And so I took the harder path, which was to say, I'm going to build a business from the ground up while I'm pregnant and with a newborn. Um, and it would have been much easier to get a job. My parents begged me, please just go get a job, please. You have a child on the way. You can imagine like they were just thought I was nuts, but they have thought that most of my life (laughs) smart, but crazy going to do her own thing. And, um, and, and I did it. I mean, it was some of the hardest years of my life and, you know, not for the business building aspect, but really just raising a child on your own. I mean, anyone who's a mom can relate to like, just how dependent a child is on you, especially in its infancy and really trying to just build a name. And I was in that hustle mode for a couple of years, just trying to get my name out there. Um, But fast forward, she'll be six um, in just like a couple of weeks. And I've now built an international consulting company. I run multiple live events. I work with six and seven figure entrepreneurs and I really have honed in on how to scale up uh, companies. Yeah, yeah. So do you think you were able to start your business because you'd accumulated all of these different skills? So you were just basically taking the best of the best that you had learned and probably even some things from your yoga uh, studies, I imagine, in terms of the types of clients, perhaps the approach that you had, because it seems like yeah, what you what you embarked on, I mean, A, with a small child, like you said, was pretty crazy, but they do say that the hormones go crazy that time anyway, and you have a lot of creativity and you just, you know, you're down to business <laughs> kind of thing. Um, yeah, what was, what, what was it that you were able to, I guess, pull from your past experience and, and, and realize, Hey, I've got something there. Like what specifically could you see in this experience that you could then take? I mean, you talked about building companies from the ground up, but what specifically did you see was your real strength in that process that you're able to take a chance on yourself really to build business? Yeah. Well, I think it was twofold. I mean, one, I'm really strong in marketing and that's why a lot of people hire me because they're not, they're like, I suck at marketing. I'm really like, I love, I want to coach. I want to make an impact, but this whole marketing thing overwhelms me. Um, So that gave me an edge definitely. And I actually started with doing done for you marketing, but that wasn't fulfilling Um, from the perspective of my yoga and the path of being a teacher. That's where I'm, I'm most fulfilled. It's not like, building funnels or something crazy, right? It's, it's being able to create an experience for a student that gives them a massive 
aha that allows them to have tremendous breakthroughs. And, and so in, on the mat, that was challenging their body and their mind, uh, letting go of their emotions. Uh, when we apply that to business, it's still a mindset journey, but I'm also seeing the financial reward of hitting big numbers in their bank account. So those two aspects really pulled together to form the coaching side of business. I had people asking, like, can you teach us? That's, that's why I became a coach uh, as I got the call. Um, but beyond that, it was just, I have, when I set my mind to something and when I feel called that it is in my, you know, divine unfolding, that this is what I'm supposed to do. I go all in. And I think if I can put pinpoint one thing that made, makes me successful is my level of commitment is so great. Mm-hmm. And the majority of people, and I was just thinking about this last night before bed, they live their lives in a perpetual state of fear. And so they're literally hanging on a a fence of analysis paralysis because they're so afraid to make the wrong decision, afraid to fail, afraid to succeed, afraid to make a bad investment, afraid to embarrass themselves or to, you know, uh, feel like an imposter. And so fear is really what keeps people chained, whether that's into a job or into anything, a bad relationship. And so me having that level of commitment allowed me to really walk through the fire and face my fears because every single person, myself included, no matter how successful I've worked with, has some level of fears that you have to get beyond. Um, And and that commitment and willing to see it all the way through, not just a quarter, not start and stop self-sabotage, but see it all the way through, come hell or high water, you're going to be successful because you have your eye on the prize and you're going to keep driving forward. That's what made me so successful more than the marketing, more than the teaching, because that level of commitment allowed me to learn things that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I I had to go and learn all of this. I didn't know webinars and funnels and, you know, the latest and greatest social media techniques. And I mean, all of that, it was just that commitment to, to greatness that really allowed me to succeed. Yeah. Was there any uh, particular mentors or, um, I mean, books, podcasts, there's so much that we can access. Talk about analysis paralysis. I think almost sometimes you have to throw your books away and just (laughs) know what's true for you and what, what you, um, because we can get, we can get so trapped in, in, in what's the latest. And so how, were you able to, I guess, two questions. Did you have any mentors through this process? And how were you able to cut through so much noise out there, which often, like, like you said, keeps people paralyzed. They get stuck in that part of the business building process and be able to just put your head down and, and go for it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I definitely had mentors. I would say the first mentor I had helped me with mindset and you know, I, it's why we always tackle that like first thing in my, in, with mm-hmm. a lot of my students, especially the ones that are earning less than a quarter million a year, because we have to make the mindset shift and implement the strategies. It's, you've mm-hmm. got to have both. Um, but really it was a self-worth piece. And so that to me was the first transformational shift that I made that allowed me to make six figures. Um, and really what that was, was stepping up and owning my worth and owning the tremendous value that I bring to my clients' lives. Um, Cause I, like many women, uh, devalued myself. Mm-hmm. And if you've had trouble um, asking for a raise, if you accepted the first offer given in any job, if you're sending out proposals and, and dealing with clients that are negotiating your worth, then you have, then you have a mindset issue. And so until I healed that, 
I was going to be stuck for years. And so I'm really grateful for that. Really, it was a high ticket coach that helped me with that my, and, and helped me put together my first $5,000 program. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, um, once I hit that, I got that lesson. It was so empowering because it doesn't matter what level I'm serving, people come to me with the same issue. So it's about really, I've really honed in on a process to help them show their genius and own their worth and to step fully into it and also build a package and a program and messaging that they can feel good and confident selling a $25,000 program. Um, the second, I think real two mentors really was one was a mindset and energy person who just continued to help me. And I know it's kind of woo, but help me to kind of continually level up on an energetic basis so that I could attract higher and higher levels of clients because I'm a strategist. So for me, like teach me more, like marketing, I got it, you know, but it's, it's always like making sure that my internal compass is right. That my head is in the game Mm -hmm. that I'm, that I'm really like energetically stepping into, you know, abundance and becoming the person that I want to become. So she was instrumental in really helping me you know, I would say cross quarter million, 350,000, along with one of my coaches who really helped with messaging and just some simple tweaks shifted everything. And so I definitely have, I'm a big believer in mentorship. Yeah. Um, I'm a big believer in anyone that can um, offer an outside perspective and help you fold time. To me, it's worth whatever that price is, five, 10, 20, $30,000. Um, because I know that when I have that outside perspective, that very quickly I can make tremendous leaps and gains in my business that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Yes, 100%. Did, did they help you see things that you couldn't see, such as yeah. the money blocks that you had? Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. Uh, the first one was money blocks and then fear, you know, you know, uh, it still comes up no matter what, but, um, you know, like even I remember the first time I held a retreat, a really high end retreat, you know, just all of the doubt that was arising during that retreat, because I had wanted this, I had envisioned it, I would put it on, you know, my goals and I had realized it. And then inside it was like wait a minute my reality wasn't matching up with with internally when I was still like wait a minute I don't deserve this it's wow. so fascinating and and whenever people are like what are you talking about I'm like you just have to go through it and this is exactly why people like Tony Robbins Brendan Burchard all of them they have a healer backstage working with them mm. they step off of that stage they're not talking shop. They're not talking business. They're going back there and they're having clearings. They're having people who are helping getting them in the, you know, with water, helping them rejuvenate their, their, their mind, body, and spirit. And so as you up level, there's so much necessary from a mindset, energetic standpoint. Um, And if you want to take care of yourself and grow a business that where you're still maintaining your health, you still have healthy relationships. Um, it's more that you're making an impact and making the money, like you have the full picture, then you really should have um, that aspect built in. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to burn out. You're going to bankrupt yourself spiritually, mentally, financially, relationship wise. And yeah. I'm really committed to completing, like scaling a company in alignment and with, with my values and congruent with the vision that I hold for my life in its entirety. 
Does that mean that the process happens quicker or a little more measured and slower for you? Or has it been a bit of both throughout? It's, you know, it's kind of jumps and then it's like pull back an assessment and then I leap and there's time for reflection. I'm, I'm never one just to drive, drive, drive. I really try to honor the cycles of business and the cycles of life. Mm. Um, and I always honor and give myself time for a pause and pulling back. Like I didn't go live for a couple months because um, it was summer. And even though we couldn't travel, <laughs> you know, I was still honoring that time of, of, yes, of course, I'm still on social media. Yes, I'm still present. Yes, of course, I have clients. Yes, I'm enrolling clients but I don't need to be self-promotion queen 52 weeks a year. Does that make sense? Like there's time for pause and rest and reflection. Yes. Yes. And I think your clients would value that tremendously when you role model for them, someone that's not on 24 seven and, and you're respecting your boundaries as well. Uh, I think it's such an important aspect of leadership that is really only becoming apparent now because we are seeing so much burnout in our culture and especially amongst women too. I think women are so much, when you talk about energy, I, I love this conversation. I think you must be living in the right part of California too, because I know that you have access there to a lot of different support in that respect, but we we are we can I think we have the capacity for a lot as women, but it also makes us more sensitive because our energy can be pulled in so many different directions. And so whilst we can be raising the child over here and doing the business and you know being with the partner or whatever it might be, it takes a lot of energy to do all that. So I'd love for you to share are there any specific practices or people that you see or work that you do behind the scenes that maybe people looking at you wouldn't uh, wouldn't realize that you're actually doing all of this work? Do you have a particular routine in the day? Talk to me a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have my support team in place, you know, um, I have, a, I'm a single mom, so I've had to live in nanny and that gives just my daughter, another adult to mm. uh, be an auntie, for example. Yeah. Um, and uh, I have meal prep that happens. So I'm always eating healthy meals. I drink green juice that I pick up from an, a local place that's, you know, or all organic and it's just like super powerful for making you feel good and energized. Um, I practice yoga and lift weights. I get outside in nature. Um, I love to go hiking. Like I'm really trying to take care of myself on a, on a mental, physical, and spiritual level, um, putting boundaries around time. And when, you know, I actually work all of these different practices that you can put in place um, that allow you to not get caught on the hustle train or, you know, work 16 hours a day and pound eight cups of coffee and all that bro marketing that's really <laughs> thrown at us, but that doesn't really work as well for women. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I have a strong masculine energy. Like I'm a type A go-getter and all of that. I call myself a recovering workaholic, um, but that's because I've built in and I understand the power of like, I do better when I take care of myself. Yeah, I actually make more money. I can't do it right now. I make more money when I have more vacations. When I literally step away, it's like, boom, because then you're in a place of receiving, you're not stressed out, you're not pushing constantly. So I think every woman has to find that balance between, you know, pushing and pulling and that 
like well, we're we're pushing it and we're also receiving and um you know again the more that you step into alignment with who you are and how you show up for your clients and how you're showing up even on social media the more you're going to draw in the right people yeah because if you're frantic and you know out of breath and and you're going and working with people who are struggling barely can keep it together that's what you're going to attract but if you're coming from a place of of empowerment like mm-hmm. i can say now this year um really like when I compare this year, even last year compared to three years ago, the caliber of clients that I attract is astounding. Wow. Um, They are so amazing. And oftentimes, you know, one of the, especially my highest level clients, I'm working with them uh, somewhat on like, Hey, let's balance your schedule. Let's get, you know, the right butt in the right seat. So you don't have to work so much. Let's put this system in so you can free up your time. Uh, because I know for them, I attract people that it's not just about the money. Um, it's not just about the money. It's also about their quality of life Mm. because they're already making lots of money. They, of course they can make more and it's great, but they don't want to work more. They want to actually work less and continue to grow their income. And that's what I help them do it in a balanced way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Amazing. You're you're a real inspiration. I'm absolutely loving this conversation. I'd love to get a little bit more specific into some of the stuff that you help your clients with, particularly selling high ticket offers, because that has been part of your success, I imagine. So um, being able to then impart that wisdom and how, how incredible it is when you start selling those high ticket offers. Why did you see that as as such a pivotal moment for you in your business? Were you always selling high ticket offers? Did that come from working with a specific coach or mentor that helped you see that? Talk to me a little bit why about why you take that approach. Yeah, it was it was an interesting journey because first I was billing by the hour, and even when I raised my rates, it was a losing game because there's only so many hours in a day. And I hired a high ticket coach who helped me sell the higher ticket, you know, 5k program at the time, which was great. But just like every entrepreneur with the shiny object syndrome, I definitely got sucked into following other coaches who were perpetually launching, you know, every like six weeks, they launch something new and they make it look so easy. And they have a bunch of different courses and all the different things. And because I'm a marketer, I could build it and I could do it. And I did it. And I actually did. I mean, I I launched, I had $30,000 launch six weeks later, $18,000 launch, which was totally exhausting. Yeah. And what's interesting is when I pulled back and I said, this isn't going to, this is, I don't have the fuel for this and this isn't in alignment with what I want. And I quit promoting myself. I pulled back everything. I pulled down every course. I pulled literally wiped the slate clean and I got really, really clear on what I wanted to do. I was able to do a quarter million dollars in sales in 12 days. Wow. Without ads or a funnel. Wow. Like just nuts, you know? And after that, I was like, wow, it's not worth it. You know what I mean? To do all these things, uh, you know, like even if I do uh, something and I sell, sell and make $30,000, well, you could sell one client at a high ticket program and make mm-hmm. that. And it literally, it's just an hour phone call. And they're already plugged into your your program. And so you have to look at it, even though it's tempting to launch and to feel like we need to do something in order to, you know, to make it or to feel like we're, you know, successful. 
Um, if you can set your business up where you have an, some ultra high end offers and you put the systems in place, you won't ever need to do any of that because the extra output is not going to be worth it because literally you just put them in and your, your program's built and you can just start to add, you know, two clients a month or three clients a month that are paying you whatever it is, mm. you know, a $10,000 package or 25, a 50, then now you've got all this free time in this space. And when you have space, you can really drive the vision of the company. When you're constantly launching the next thing and beating up your audience with the next offer and putting the funnels and writing the, spinning the same thing over and over again, it's exhausting. And, um, and it makes it hard to really like scale up a company and be known for one main thing. Yes. Yes. And I imagine those people, they have to have a team in place which means you have to be willing to let go of some of the things that you do. And I think when you have built things from the ground up, it's often harder to let go, isn't it? And delegate and bring on people that are going to support you because you've always done it your way. But I think your way of, of doing things is, is a bit of a faster track to where they actually want to go versus hiring a big team and constantly launching, as you say, and, and the conversion from what I hear, unless for some reason you've hit a really good niche and a, and a, and a market that you don't need big numbers, the numbers are pretty big compared to the conversion from what I hear when it comes to constantly launching programs, especially if they are of a lower value. So, yeah, I mean, I like to use this example. I won't name names, but there is an influencer who's really big in the funnel space. Mm. And I, I appreciate her because she's so honest and, and she's transparent. And uh, I kind of watched her launch from a distance and she has a full team. She's very well known. She ran paid ads she created videos, you know, she wrote launch sequences. She had the funnel. She had all the things because that's what she does. Mm. And she shared that, you know, her launch number, total profit that she made was only $50,000. Wow. And I couldn't believe that all of those, like literally 90 days plus all the people and all the things that she put into it, she only yielded 50,000. When mm. someone with her caliber of knowledge could go into a company and charge six figures to consult with their team for a day. Yeah. I'm like, what? I, I mean, it was unbelievable to me. And that's what I really want people to understand is like, just because this is what you're being sold by internet marketers, like, and, and yes, you can make 50,000, but is it worth it? Or is there a better way? Hmm. And that's why I love the high-end model and really building an expert business and not focusing on creating more work for yourself but understanding how you can take your vision and build the most simple streamlined business model that'll allow you to serve how you want to serve and also make the most money. Yeah. Yeah. And really feel like you're having an impact, right? Because yeah. when uh, you might have less clients at a higher price, but you know their journey more intimately. They're not just a number in your program and, and things like that. So yeah. I think if you're someone that is looking for that sort of level of impact, then it's definitely speaking from someone that does one-on-one -on -one work as well. It's, it's very, very meaningful in that respect. So you've talked a little bit about, we've talked a little bit of coaching speak because we are both coaches, but I would love to also help 
women out there who are in small businesses and thinking about their value proposition because this concept of high ticket doesn't have to just be applied to coaches right I don't know do you work with people other than coaches Jessica yeah absolutely so you know for example I have a teacher a former teacher Dr. I um, and she quit her job because she wanted to start this school uh, for kids and blend personal development and uh, a new way of education, if you will, emotional intelligence, get them future ready. Wow. Yeah. And she just sold it for 40,000. Yeah. And, and so she's a trainer, she's an educator. So anybody who is in the business of serving others, so we're not talking about like a digital product, but let's say I have nurses that are in my program. I have educators, yeah. I have coaches, I have consultants, I have matchmakers, um, anybody providing a service um, not a digital product or e-commerce, um, you know, this this high ticket applies. Yes, yes. So how does a woman in business, especially in small business, where it might be her and maybe a small team, but likely just her, I have a lot of solopreneurs that I work with, but also in my community. How would we begin to define our value proposition? So you've talked a little bit about honing in on things like zone of genius, but really getting key in, in what makes you uh, outstanding compared to the person next to you. Let's talk about what value proposition entails and how we can unpack that a little bit more. If it's something that we want to understand such that we can then start to sell more higher ticket. uh, I think, Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, one of the easiest shifts to make to high ticket is to start marketing to people that have more money. Yeah. I mean, as like elementary as that may sound, you know, if for you to go and pitch someone a $50,000 program that's making 50,000 a year, that's a stretch, right? Mm -hmm. Unless they have savings or unless, um, yeah, unless they have savings, unless they have a supportive partner who's just like, let's go do this. I mean, for the most part, you know, if you can position your services to reach a higher target market, you'll be able to charge a lot more money. Yeah. So um, if you're marketing to people that don't have any money, that's okay. There's plenty of people that do and it's, and you can make the shift mm-hmm. and it might not just be for individuals, but remember that, you know, you've got a whole a group of executives, VP, director levels that are making over six figures a year that you could market anything from career to life, to coaching, to relationship, um, to executive leadership coaching. You've got companies that you can go into that have huge budgets for training, coaching, consulting that you can go into. So looking at your target market and making sure that you're marketing to people that have the money is gonna be key uh, to creating that value proposition. Mm -hmm. And so that was one of the things I would say. It's like, I've heard so many people say, like, I don't understand. I'm struggling to sell a $1,500 package. How I'm going to sell a $30,000? Well, part of it is, are you marketing to the right people? Well, let's say you are marketing to the right people. You say, yes, I'm marketing to the right people. They have the money. You know, I'm marketing them and they're always off on an expensive vacation. They stay at the Four Seasons. They have a Chanel bag, but they're not buying. Well, then you have a positioning issue meaning they don't see you as an expert. They they might be liking your posts, like rock on, you go girl, love what you're doing, but they're not actually pulling the trigger to buy from you. So if you don't have the right positioning, if you're not seen and viewed as like, that's my teacher, that's my mentor, that's my coach, that's who I wanna hire, then they're not gonna part 
ways with a ridiculous sum of money. But if they can view you in that light and you can speak right into the heart of what their biggest struggle is in life, whatever that may be from a health, fitness, self-love, you know, business relationship perspective, then they will happily hand over their credit card and pay you a lot of money to solve their problem. On that, one thing that I know that you talk about is in, in terms of positioning yourself right and positioning yourself as that expert is having the credibility to back it up. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. Talk to us about credibility, perhaps some ways that you have built that yourself or uh, also ways that, that women who are solopreneurs or small business owners, what things do they, can they access and showcase their, their value, their position in the market as that expert? Yeah, there's so many ways that we teach how to build credibility. One of my favorite ways is to teach. Okay. So for the, your listeners, whiteboard and some, you know, um, markers and get out and actually teach. Teach what you know, teach it on a live stream. There is a shift of um, perspective, you know, when you see someone writing, writing on a whiteboard, because what yeah. do you think? I'm, a, I'm back in school, I'm third, you know, in third grade and, and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to what the teacher says. So automatically you shift the, the perception of like, I'm gonna learn from this person. If you can teach someone something, they're gonna be more likely to pay you. So I'm a big fan of the whiteboard and getting over yourself and your discomfort and getting out there and teaching. You're gonna suck at first, who cares? You're gonna stand out from all the other people who don't have the courage to stand up and do it. Yeah. So teaching what you know, really explaining and giving ahas, not just giving the surfing level like so many coaches teach where you're just kind of stoking their pain points. And, and then of course, how to solve it. You're saying, hey, buy my program, buy my course. Like actually get out there and teach, like create a paradigm shift for someone. Uh, and there's so many things that you can teach on, so many frameworks that can really get tremendous breakthroughs from your followers. Mm. Another thing is to get on podcasts, just like I'm doing now. Um, uh, I'm a big believer in podcasts. We teach an entire uh, podcast strategy within my program. I think I've done probably over a hundred interviews in the last couple of years, wow. okay. which is crazy, right? It's totally crazy. People are like, what? Um, but the reason why is because I know the power of it. And I learned early on that if someone will give you their ear, no matter, it doesn't matter the size of the audience, then you have a chance to reach someone that could, um, that you could really help. Mm. And, you know, case in point, I know I was on this one podcast, this girl, Nick, uh, Nika reached out to me. Um, I think I was her first or second of 12 episodes. That's all she did. Um, my client Jay heard me. We met, he happened to be in San Diego. We met for lunch and he became one of my top clients. Um, and I can attribute uh, last year over six figures in sales of people who found me through podcast. And that's only the ones I can actually track. Yeah. Yeah. So podcasts are powerful, not just for um, generating clients, but for generating loyal fans, because just like what I'm encouraging you to do with the whiteboard, you're, you're not going to go and give superficial stuff. Like you're going to go deep and you're going to pour your heart out and you're not going to hold back and you're going to allow yourself to be vulnerable and share your message and people will resonate with that and they will start to follow you. Yeah, they, they're two great tips and so accessible, especially a lot of people are saying, oh, this year I'm gonna, going to put my events on hold. I'm not gonna do anything live, no workshops, all of these things getting in the way, but hey, we've got Zoom, you, you can buy a $100 microphone, 
your startup costs are very minimal. It's being willing, like you say, to get out of your own way. And I would say even on, on the back of that, teach something that's very effective, that can get them a win, that's simple, that you do come across as an expert in it because it's something that rolls off the tongue very easily for you and you can answer lots of questions around it. So I don't know if you have anything extra to add on that, but I think some people think they have to teach 10 things in a one hour yeah. webinar or, yeah. Yeah, just give them some big breakthroughs, you know, um, and, you'll have your, your, the more you do it, the more ease that you'll have, the more that you can sit there and teach on a light whiteboard on a live stream, the more comfortable you're going to get. And so it's just about really understanding, like, what is your method? You know, your market now, you know, their struggles, you know what they want, and you've created a program that can get them results. Well, how do you do it? That's what you talk about. That's what you teach about. Yeah. You know, because you can sell how, or you can give how away for free and they'll buy the hand-holding support to do it yes yes because information is free so you might as well just they can turn to google so you might as well teach them and say hey this is how we do it and then they're inevitably going to want your hand and their success they're going to want that feedback doesn't matter if somebody gives us a blueprint for making seven figures the first thing we're going to do is read the first page and say uh, i have a lot of questions <laughs> yeah. help yeah. so and everybody's the same so it's just being willing to lead with value. And, um, I was having this conversation with one of my clients who hired me in a, in a, uh, a transition period. So she was making a pivot from the kinds of consulting she was doing to a very like much more personal development side of things. And she mm -hmm. said, you know, I want to hit 300, uh, base 235 high end 350,000 the next year. How do I do it? Um, obviously she's in my, she's getting coaching, but I said, I want you to double, triple down on everything I teach you. Like yeah. you want, remember we talked about commitment in the beginning, like you yeah. want to hit this audacious goal, like go all out. And it comes down to three things, really. It comes down to um, content, the right content, uh, the right connections leading to conversations. Mm. Like you want to make a, a lot of money. You have those three things. You'll be successful. Yeah. Content, yeah. connections, communication. Yes. Talk to me a little bit about connections, because I know that you have made the choice to not be on uh, Instagram and you're specifically on, you spend a lot of time on LinkedIn. That's how uh, I connected with you. And I've seen some of your live streams on there as well and doing my research for this. So I, you practice what you pre preach woman. So I, I can definitely vouch Jessica's on there and she is teaching all the time and really high value teaching as well. So if you're interested in looking at some of her work deeper, just jump on LinkedIn. There's so much on there. But what 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 was the reason behind focusing on Facebook and LinkedIn, but primarily LinkedIn? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I started on Facebook. I mean, what I recommend to everyone is to you know, start with one platform and get some traction before you add another. There's so many people who try to apply the same strategy and be everywhere and they don't ever get anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, what works on Facebook doesn't necessarily work on LinkedIn. 
Uh, And definitely not for Instagram, Twitter, even YouTube. Um, So you need to be cognizant that you don't have the time to really, really grade at everything. So I started on Facebook. That's where I had, you know, a following. It was very comfortable for me. And I think I went on to LinkedIn two years ago. And LinkedIn is really just a goldmine for people working in like B2B marketing to other businesses, a lot more serious, committed uh, people. They're on there to do business. Yes, LinkedIn is a bit of a dinosaur. It's kind of clunky. It's not sexy and sleek like Facebook and Instagram. But for me, those two were the one that made the most sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I played with Instagram. I've invested some in it. But you know, for where I, where I play in the market in terms of price point and you know, really looking at companies to scale, it didn't feel aligned for me. Like even if I look at my competitors, a lot of them don't have a huge um, Instagram presence. Mm. So yes, you can make it if you want to spend the lifestyle and you want to always have, you know, uniform photos and lots of photo shoots and you want to sell the lifestyle aspect of it. But um, I don't sell the lifestyle. I sell the actually like the strategy and this is the method to get it and the lifestyle Mm. comes. So that's why you don't see me posing with a Ferrari or, you know, at the Ritz Carlton, because honestly, I don't care. Um, (laughs) So it's like, who's your market? If that's what they resonate with. And if you're all about like posing with all the things and that's what you want to do, then great. Um, Of course, I still have photo shoots. I still do things like that. But, you know, I'm not leading with selling the lifestyle. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm selling this is a proven system that we've developed that allows you to have that lifestyle. So that fits better on LinkedIn. And have you been able to, the second C that you spoke about was connections. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to nurture your connections? Uh, audience is kind of the, the, the macro picture, but then within that you start to build connections, especially on, on LinkedIn. Is that something that you've invested a lot of time doing or is it simply engaging with your audience on videos that you create yeah what what's your strategy around around LinkedIn yeah so lots of different ways I use LinkedIn I definitely take it a step further and create a deeper level of intimacy when someone raises their hand to express Mm -hmm. an interest so beyond just you know uh kind of commenting back um we can take it to the DM and I'll start in a conversation sometimes a video or audio message like we take it to the next level, there'll be an invite, whether that's for a call or I'll send them a resource, something to pull on my, my list or something just just a free video that's hidden somewhere on YouTube. Um, anything where I can continue to embodying what I teach, which is to continue to add value to someone's life without being like the pitch queen. And it's like, here I am, this is what I have for you. If someone says, I want to call with you, they go to my work with me page. They, I, I want them to consume my content. I want, they have to fill out an application. They have to go through my process um, so that they come really prepared to that call. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because I do notice on LinkedIn uh, personally that there's a lot of pitching happening more so than I'm finding on something like Instagram and that's probably a different type of audience that I have between the two. And so I think you're, I love your strategy. It speaks to me that you offer value and, and does that sometimes mean that it is a nurturing process? It's not straight away going in there and saying, cool, you've, um, how was that video? Would you like to jump on a call straight away? But 
seeing where their pain points are, like what they're actually looking for. Yeah, I mean, you you have to design a lead gen process based on where you're at in your business. So if you're hungry and you're like, you know, I want to get on as many calls as possible, then that's what your focus is. I actually don't have that focus. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want someone to connect with me and get on a call right away. That is not my intention at all. I'm not the cheapest coach. I make that very well known. Like I really work with people who are serious about scaling up their company. I want them to consume some content. I want them to watch my live. I want them to go through and watch some videos of me and and read some of my documents or my articles. And the reason why is because I want them to understand why I'm different. Mm -hmm. So just depending on what, who your market is and you know, you're going to have a different sales cycle, uh, length of your sales cycle. Um, and you know, some people are pushing, just get on calls as quick as possible. I find that people that are getting on calls as quick as possible often have a lot of time and not a lot of money. Mm. And the people, the more successful people are more guarded with their time. Interesting. And it's, and it's not that they're, uh, <laughs> that they're, you know, uh, unkind, but they don't want to get on the phone unless they're serious about the next step. Like they don't like when people waste their time and they don't want to waste anybody else's time. So there's this like, um, almost like unspoken rule that, you know, really successful people only book a call, only take that next step when they're, they think, Hey, this is something interesting. I'm not just going to, I'm not a free pull. I'm not looking for free coaching, but I, I'm, I'm seriously, I'm genuinely interested in having a conversation. I like what you have to say. You know, I already feel that connection. Where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of people I want and that I ultimately even offer my booking link. Yes. I love your clarity around that. Something I want to get into finally, because I know you've got a busy day to get on with as well. Let's talk about something we love, both of us, Zone of Genius. Uh, This is something that I really, I I personally only dove into in terms of Gay Hendricks' work about one or two years ago, but I recognize that helping people unpack this has actually been a long-term strength of mind so it, it was a bit of a revelation reading that book and that um you know it was kind of my ticket to deepening that work even more what is it about unpacking your zone of genius that you love and was it something that you recognized as well was a real strength of yours being able to understand people's value and their strengths and where they could then position themselves because of that yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it, for me, about listening to what also what's being said, but also to what's not being said, mm. you know, because what happens is I find people, every person gets on the phone and they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed and confused and they don't know what to do. They're, they, I should do this, I should do that. And so being able to round them into understanding what their strengths are how they've helped others in the past, what they bring to the table, you know, what their biggest wins were in their life or or in their business or in their career and helping to really extrapolate like what is that one main thing and all that you do that moves the needle forward for your clients, building a business around that and shutting off the noise, getting rid of the offers, turning off the funnels, getting rid of the courses, all the other things that are not that. Yeah. And it, or pulling all that together into one 
ultra high-end transformational program, but getting focused and clear on what is my one main thing? Mm. You know, if you're not focused on the one main thing, you're going to be distracted and you're going to be uh, confused. And if you're confused, then your potential clients are going to be confused as well. Yeah. Was, did you recognize that that being part of your strengths yourself in terms of looking through back through your career history was that something that even when you were building companies, perhaps, I don't know exactly what your role was in terms of scaling up those companies in the past, but I imagine you have an eye for talent and you have yeah. an eye for being able to, like you say, see things that people can't necessarily see in themselves, cut through all of that um, yeah. that noise and, and probably even those uh, things that are keeping them small as well. Because when you start mm -hmm. to step into your zone of genius, you're really stepping into the big time because like you say, you're letting go of all of those other things and say, I'm just going to focus on this. So was that something that you recognized as well that was, that was a really pivotal strength for you throughout your career? Yeah, I would say I've always been a visionary mm -hmm. and I can... I was always giving advice, you know, to, to my friends, <laughs> to my peers, like, this is what you should do. Oh, you should take this route in business. This is what you should study. Um, I always had that ability to really look at someone and say, okay, this is actually what's going to help you make money. Mm. Um, just like I could go into any company and find money. And mm. that's you know what I would do. I would go in there and say, this is all wrong. Let's fix this and make it better. And boom, the, you know, yeah. my mom said, I always had that ability to make something out of nothing to like find gold in any situation. And, um, and so it was just kind of a natural born gift that I recognize that not everybody has. And, um, and so that's, that's why people come to us. They, they want to know, like, how do I hone in on this? And then how do I build something that I can sell, that I can build, you know, my life around this, these core strengths that I have? Yeah. Do you find that working, I specifically work with women, I know you work with both men and women, but that we tend to want to add more and more. I know that can be more qualifications, more um, letters on our on the uh, end of our name. We we tend to to believe that our credibility comes from more qualifications or more published work. Or when I've got this amount of experience, I can call myself an expert. How do you how do you navigate that? Is that something that you experience with your clients? Absolutely, yeah. and um, the it's more prevalent with women than men. If I men have no problem selling. 30 grand program once we put it together like a zero uh, lack of confidence in that department and uh, with women we tend to put our credibility um, downplay our strengths and 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 attribute our success to something outside of us mm. that's what it is yeah so all the excuses of like, I'm just going to get this more and more certification. You know, I've met so many women that are just collecting certifications. They're certified in everything, yet they're broke um, because they feel like it's yeah. one more thing that they need to do, like the perpetual student, which we can all be students, but that doesn't mean you can't, you shouldn't put it into something that makes you money. Um, and, or I need to do something first, or I don't have enough. The, the, the big wound that comes up with women is the not enoughness. Mm -hmm. and, and so you think by putting in more time, you'll be more worthy yeah. more deserving. by getting another credential, by doing something else first, 
You know, when I get this done first, then I can launch, then I can sell this. Mm. And it's simply not true. Like you already are enough. You have everything within you um, to own um, the incredible value that you bring to your client's life. It's about execution and having the courage to ask. Yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And, and work with what you've got as well, you know, to start to take action on what you already know so well now, and then look who you could become as a result of some of those things that you spoke about teaching, doing podcasts, add that, that credibility piece to it. And yeah, magic. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you today, Jessica. I've absolutely loved this conversation and I've learned so much myself. So it's, uh, I'm sure, going to be a whole new world of uh, really exciting things for my uh, audience and community to explore off the back of this conversation. Where can we find you? We talked about LinkedIn and Facebook. Where yeah, where's, where do you most like to hang out if people want to get in touch? Yeah, go to jessicayarbro.com on my website. I've got tons of free resources on there that you can download, include, including how I took one brand new consultant from zero to half a million in 10 months. Yeah. Um, and then follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook for lots of values, tips, you know, um, and if you heard me on the show, feel free to send me a friend request um, or an invite on LinkedIn and just let me know you heard me on the show. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much, Jessica. I hope you have an amazing uh, day and wishing you all the rest of this year, a successful year. Thank you so much. 